welcome to the Sunrise Life podcast, where we have deep conversations with freelance models. However, today I have my first photographer on the other line. It's Leigh Holloway. Say hello. Hello. How is it going today? I'm trying to stay inside because coming back from Cali to Texas, I forgot how hot it gets. Oh, yeah, it is pretty hot this summer. I've been spending a lot of time in Phoenix and they just had a heat wave also. So I, I feel your pain, but in a dry heat sense. Yeah, we're broiling over here. Not boiling, just broiling. Broiling. So I spent a good amount of time creeping on your Instagram just before we did this. So I felt prepared for our interview. But I'd like to preface this by saying thank you for being the first photographer on my show. Usually I have a lot of banter with fellow models about photographers. And so I'm a little bit nervous to do a show with a photographer. So thanks for being my guinea pig. <laughs> no, you can still have the same banter because like, I understand I've shot with a lot of models. So I understand their gripes and complaints and their goods and their bad. So sometimes I'm on the same boat with them. Sometimes I'm like, I can play devil's advocate and I've also can be like, hey, this is why we do that, you know? Cool. Well, may, I might have some questions to ask you about why certain photographers do certain things. But first, I'd kind of like to go over the history of Leigh Holloway. I crept on your website and I read your bio and I saw that you have a lot of life experience, including going to South Korea and Iraq. Pardon? That means, hey, how you doing in Korea? Korean. Yeah. <laughs> so then you, you started photography after that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand a little bit. It's like I had to see, but it was never watered. Oh, okay. Because in high school, I was on a yearbook staff. So I hung out with the photographers on a year, uh, high school yearbook staff and everything. And like sometimes I would get to pick up the camera and take pictures at sporting events while I'm trying to uh, do the stories for them and stuff like that. So, and if you, if you knew my mom, my mom always had like a disposable camera or some kind of camera in her pocket at all times. So it was there, just never got to do anything with it until later on in life. That's cool. So you had the seed dropped when you were in high school and then you like had a bunch of adult life experience. You went overseas. And then came back, and at what point did it cross into model photography? Actually, there's, you know what, I'm going to give her a shout out too, because, hey, she deserves it. I was starting more into graphic arts. I used to do like album covers, club flyers, and everything like that. I was a graphic designer. I actually made the template for the St. Louis Rams website when I was 18 or something like that. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I've all, I had the graphic design in me. And I had a friend of mine, she back, back, back years ago, Sammy Joe, she always used to send me her pictures and stuff like that. After she'd do a photo shoot, she would send me pictures from her photo shoots after she got them back from a photographer and I would do some kind of designs with them. And I would, before I had to do design, I would clean them up, like clean up her edits and stuff like that, clean up her uh, acne, scars, whatever, pimples, whatever. I was always editing her pictures for her. At the time, I didn't know that was a no-no, but because I wasn't into photography just yet. But, you know, I was doing it all the time for her. Then even her friends start, you know, saying, Who, who's doing all your pictures like that? And she would send them to me. And one of her photographers sent me a message just how long ago it was on MySpace telling me not to oh, do that goodness. anymore. <laughs> yeah. He sent me a message on MySpace telling me, hey, he would appreciate if I didn't use his pictures anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. And I told him this is why I was using them. It's like, yeah, that's cool and all, but just don't do that anymore. Like, okay, cool. So when she sent me some more of her pictures, I told her what happened and told her I couldn't do it no more. She was like, well, since you know what you're looking for and how to, what kind of pictures I like, how about you get a camera and we can start shooting together? So I literally went to a pawn shop, bought a camera, started practicing with her. She was my first muse ever. And we took thousands of thousands of pictures together. Some of you will never see the light of day because that was just so horrible because we were practicing. Some of them were some of my favorite pictures today. So. That's literally how I started. That's so cool. Shout out to Sh Sammy Joe. Sammy Joe, right? Yeah, Sammy Joe. <laughs> That's awesome. Interesting how you started with editing. I'm assuming that since you're doing graphic design, you had like Photoshop on your computer or something. I had Photoshop back in high school before. I don't think Photoshop was really that relevant. It was uh, Paint Shop Pro. 
Corel Paint Shop Pro. Yeah, that's how long ago it's been. Is Paint Shop Pro related to the old school Microsoft program Paint? No. no okay. Because no, no, no. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, we all played with that. Yeah. Uh, paint. <laughs> Play with that years ago then that's when Corel made paint shop pro and i was like oh okay you can step it up a little bit then photoshop uh i found i don't know how long photoshop's been out but i know when i finally got a hold of photoshop i was like oh this is a game changer nice and th- so that's such an interesting start you started in the editing and then the other photographer who allegedly didn't know how to edit very good or maybe didn't edit at all was like stop touching my images and so you just went around him and got a camera and started shooting instead. That's very cool. And sadly, he's actually a good guy, but I understand because I, I got to meet him and talk to him later and I apologize to him. He We're good. He's just, and he's actually retired now. So he's kind of, you know, he stepped away from the camera and, you know, more props to him. That's all good. That's, that's so interesting. So then on the flip side, when you deliver edits to a model, do you have a policy for them not tweaking it with filters or further edits? All right. Because like you said, you've read my backstory, like how I was in the military and everything like that. Uh-huh. Photography is more of a, uh, it's a good side hobby. Like I'd still have my corporate jobs and everything. So I, photography is like my escape from corporate life. Sweet. So, so therefore when I'm shooting, it's more therapeutic for me. So when I give you, and just the fact to see like, a model's happy with the images that we created, that's more, that's really a rewarding to me. So I'm going to do my little edit on it. And if she wants to do more to it, hey, more power to you. Because honestly, I still, I still think about that guy. I'm like, you know what? I understand what he was saying, but it's cool. Just if you do a good edit on it, just make sure you, it's a good edit. Don't just make it just too unrealistic. Yeah. Understandable. Well, that's refreshing to hear because some photographers, not all photographers, but some of them do seem to have a really tight grip on their idea that, oh, it has to be my style of photo. If you tag me in the photo, like, and it's not my editing, then it's going to make them really upset for some reason. Ah, yeah. And like I said, I've worked with people like that. And so I've tagged along with a lot of photographers and that's how I tailored my, my style of shooting because I've seen what some photographers do and I say, okay, I don't want to be like that. And I've seen so what some others do. I'm like, Hey, I like that idea. So that's like, really honestly, fantastic. and like, uh, I, one photographer was mad at me because I give the models the whole proofing gallery. If we shoot, if we're out there shooting for two hours and we take like 400 pictures. I'm going to edit 10 of them, but what's going to happen with those 390 pictures you know so you, you give them the unedited ones also yes because what i'm gonna do with them sweet well that's very nice of you i would say that's very generous compared to you know most people that i work with and i mean it also that kind of depends in my experience if i'm being paid as a model i generally don't expect any photos at all anything that i get is usually like a bonus but like to get all the unedited ones is a super bonus well because because uh, most uh, use that's when I get a paid gig. So you're going to pay for my 10 edits and then I'm going to have all these pictures of you just sitting there now. And now the way I look at it is also if you take those pictures and you have somebody else edit them because they're going to charge you too. So, Hey, there, you still going to ha- give me credit for saying, Hey, this shot, this was taken by like Holloway, but edited by so-and-so. And you're going to like the fact that I just gave you that. So you, that's a repeat customer. So perfect. I love that you mentioned that you also have a corporate job on the side because looking at your Instagram profile, because I mean, let's be honest, everybody's Instagram page seems to be like the main indicator of our success in the photography industry. You have, you have your page is verified. You have like 73,000 followers and your photography is like pretty spot on, like all the way around. I would have guessed that you would be a full-time glamour photographer, but you're saying that this is more of a passion, like a side hobby for you. Yes. And my corporate job, I work, I'm a safety advisor and I'm a traveling safety advisor. Pretty much the guy that uh, companies hire me. So OSHA doesn't have to come out to their sites. Oh, okay. That's cool. 
So you come and you make sure everybody's being safe so that they don't get busted by OSHA. Correct. And that why I say I like this as well as doing photography is because my they I was just in California for the past year, year uh year and some change. And that was because of my safety job. Oh, so, okay. Cool. And then I was living in Louisiana for two years for safety. And so therefore when I'm not doing safety, mm-hmm. I can find people around and do photography with. Oh, nice. That sounds really nice. You get to travel and you get to shoot in between all of your safety jobs. Exactly. So did you have a period of time where you were hoping to be a full-time paid photographer or has it always been more for fun for you? It was at one point I did think about being a full-time safety photographer. I mean, in a sense, yes, full-time photographer. But then I was at work and I was thinking about him like, if I end up becoming a full-time photographer, this would be my main, main job. Like I would have to always find a shoot and sometimes you get dry spells and it's not great. But my main job, it's, it pays well. And uh, if I hate my main job, I can always turn to photography. If something happens in my main. I read something else. I think it was either on your Model Mayhem or your bio. It said that you shoot everything except for wedding. Oh, I've shot weddings before. I've shot you weddings have? a few times. Oh, and that's what makes me not realize, made me realize I don't care for them because that's my whole day. It's so much pressure, so intense, you know, and you're getting pulled every which way. And I would rather let somebody else have that. Yeah, for sure. Because, Like I said, I like photography for the fun of it. And it's too. The weddings too, are not fun. It's too much of a job than, you know, enjoying it. Yeah. But what I've. What I've witnessed is that wedding photography is like the big payday if one person is a full-time photographer and then like everything else in between the wedding gigs are like filler gigs, like headshots and portfolio work or whatever. Then also, like I said, with my job, like I was in California in June. Then they say, hey, this job is over, but we'll let you know when the next one is. So if I told somebody, July 15th, I'm going to shoot your wedding. I won't be in California for July 15th. Well, I have to just fly out there. Yeah. Then also, if I miss a shot, like if I'm shooting and they're getting ready to put the rings on the finger to do their first kiss and just, you know, something happens to the camera, doesn't, doesn't shutter right, the lighting is off, I messed up that part. But if I'm doing a, a normal shoot and she's holding a pose and the camera, same thing, camera does, lighting is off, I can say, hey, do that again. Yes. Yeah, the benefit of not having it be like a super life changing important event like a I mean I, sporting events I mean are kind of like that but the weddings are like probably the most stress. <laughs> yeah, I've shot for the Houston Texans and the Houston Dynamo, you know, pro sports teams and Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, of course, sports are like that too, but on the flip side as well, if I didn't get the uh field goal kick or I didn't get this one catch there's like 10 other photographers who did. Well, that's good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like, because when you're on the sideline of a sporting event, there's like, you got 10 photographers on this side, 10 photographers on the other side of the field. You got photographers everywhere. Somebody got the shot. That's, yeah, that's important to get those shots. They're, the reason I'm asking all these questions is because there's so many photographers that I work with who seem to be stressed out or maybe a little bit resentful at models for like making income as they're traveling. It's, that's the the kind of niche that I like live within is like full-time nude traveling freelance models. And a lot of us are making a full-time income off of nude, artistic nude and glamour nude modeling for photographers. And so many photographers have complained to me that they wish that they could make money off of their photography and that models should be paying. And the, what I see is that their social media presences are not like, well-crafted, their website is out to date. Like if you could give advice to a photographer who is, you know, feeling pain over not making an income as a photographer yourself, who does it for the joy of it, you've, you've been featured in magazines. I see you've got tear sheets that are like on your stories on Instagram, where you've got a lot of magazine features you've shot for like mainstream stuff, like the sporting events You've shot tons of models, and a lot of them are really popular models. You're a a swimsuit USA coordinator and recruiter. So you have a lot of experience, and you do all this, like, 
you know, somewhat high profile stuff, but you still have a, a mainstream career that is your bread and butter while you're doing photography more or less for fun. What would you say to those photographers who seem to be anxious about not getting more paid work? All right. So here's the thing. Like, honestly, I know if I really wanted to, I can stop doing my safety job and make photography my full time career, which is a which would be a hustle. But because I had to you have to build your resume up, like how you said all of that stuff. Yeah, I have a resume to start off at it. But so some of these like you say, some of these photographers who are complaining about getting paid and stuff, build your resume. Like say you got to lose money to make money. Offer. Find a couple, like I gave advice to a couple of uh, guys who wanted me to mentor for some reason is start, find like two or three models that you want to use as your muse. Like Sammy Joe was my muse. And so I would call Sammy Joe and say, Hey, I had an idea of a shoot. Let's try this. Let's do this. It was my, to build my portfolio. So therefore when I approach a model, say, Hey, let's shoot. It was like, Oh, what I get if I shoot with you and I can show them pictures that I've done. Okay. That is something I want to do. See, if not, I don't want to shoot this, whatever. But you got to build a resume. You just can't go out and say, hey, pay me. What am I paying you for? You know, build up your and once and once you start out small, like, hey, I'm only gonna, I'm only charging X amount of dollars. Then once you start at that level, go up and you're going to learn as you start. The more you shoot, the more you get better. Then so you can say, hey, now I'm charging X, X amount of dollars. And therefore, you will have a clientele saying to back you up, say, yes, he's a great photographer. He's worth shooting. He's worth that money. Don't just uh, immediately just come out the gate saying, I want to shoot this and I need to get paid for it. And I, I say the same thing for models, too. I say the same thing for models, too. Like, yes, if somebody calls you beautiful, somebody calls you gorgeous and stuff and that you should be a model. Cool. Reach out to some photographers. Hey, I would like to take pictures with you if they offer you if they say. Okay, what's your background? Let me see your portfolio. If you don't have anything, say, well, I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars. Say, thank you. Cool. If you want to pay them, pay them. If not, find somebody who would work with you so you can build your portfolio up. It's it's a 50-50 chance. You never know. Yeah, that's always a hot button topic. Who pays who? (laughs) Right. If you're just starting out and you're reaching somebody that's established, and if they charge you, that's their every right. If they say, you know what? I'm going to take a chance on you. Great. I have a little chart on my page too that said like that little who pays who chart. Like established Yeah. Established <laughs> experience and everything like that. So that's who pays who. Yeah, and that's a pretty good baseline generally for people who are like just getting into the freelance model photography industry. If you have zero experience, even if you're super hot, like it's gonna be hard to get a lot of good photos if you don't already know how to pose. Exactly. I've shot with some I'm not calling names on this one. But I've shot with a couple models who were a couple uh, women who were very beautiful. But at the shoot, at just it was like pulling teeth trying to get them to pose and get a good look out of them. Yeah. Speaking of somewhat cringe experiences, I have a part of my podcast that I like to call the photo shoot fail of the week. Can you describe a scenario or more than one if you want? where you had a photo shoot that the situation surrounding the shoot was crazy, or perhaps the model themselves was crazy. Ooh, um, how much time we got? <laughs> you can tell more than one story if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I got one where fairly recent where a model had been messaging me on Instagram saying that she wants to work with me, wants to work with me, wants to work with me. So I finally decided to say, let's do this. And th- if they had a spot, they was like, yeah, I have a perfect spot. So we went to this house. It was a nice house. But when we walk, first off, when I meet up with the model, she has her boyfriend slash manager with her. I don't mind. I don't mind people being there. You can bring your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your dog, your aunt, your cousin, whoever. But let me know. Because <laughs> sometimes if I book a studio, it actually, you know, if you've seen on Pure Space or anything, how many people will be at the shoot? I honestly don't care. But anyways, so. He was okay. It was, but from he was pretty much the mouthpiece. He was talking, telling everything like, "Hey, this is how we're gonna shoot. I want to shoot this. I want to shoot that." She's gonna shoot something like this, and we get to the place. We go walk inside the house, and the house is just like, "Ugh, okay." It was just so cringe and everything, and just 
how their vision of their shoot was. I just, I powered through it. I made it through and it was just, everything was just off. I just didn't feel I was out of my zone. So that was, I had that before where I had the boyfriend manager and she barely even talked, whatever. Every time I asked her a question, she had to look at him to get the answer. Oh, that sucks. You know, I've heard of that happening more than once from different photographers and some photographers have a policy where they're like, they'll allow you to bring somebody, but not a boyfriend. But look, I've, I've had on the flip side, I've also had one where, oh my God, where a model brought her husband to the shoot. I'm like, okay, let's see how this go. And I kid you not, I can be uncensored on this, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So at the shoot, they booked the hotel and they went in. So it was shooting. We were shooting everything like that. I'm trying to be respectful, having her, you know, they want to do some implies and stuff. And he was like, I want to do some topless stuff. I paid for him. I want to get some good pictures of him. And so he had me. He wanted her to shoot nude. So it depends. So, and like, man, he was a great person. He was a great guy to be around and everything. And he didn't buy. The only time he had an input is if he said, hey, how about this suggestion? All right, cool, cool, cool. Y'all do y'all thing. He was happy and ecstatic to see his wife actually taking pictures. Nice. Well, that's more positive. So I guess it really depends on the partner. But do you have yes. um, do you have a policy for people that come to your shoots, like whether or not they bring anybody that's a significant other? That, just as long as they don't interfere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's important. Yeah. Just as long as they don't interfere, you know, especially, in fact, I encourage, like if it's the first time I've ever meeting a model, and I encourage her, like, if she said, hey, is it okay if I bring somebody? I'm like, please do. Because I would like somebody to be at the shoot so nothing can go wrong. Nothing can be said. Nothing, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's definitely a sense of comfort when the photographer says, you know, go ahead and bring somebody if you want. Like, personally, I, like, almost never, ever bring anybody with me to the shoot. But the fact that they mention it's okay to is a little bit reassuring. Yeah. I, I got two quick stories about that. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> I talked, I, I talked to her about this because I knew I was going to do this. And I, I, I told her, I want to tell her situation. She, she started laughing and said, yes. So another model I'm cool with named Yvonne, the, we've been knowing each other for almost like seven years now, but first time we ever shot, never, never met before. And so I decided to do something public on a, on, at the beach, you know, public setting and everything. So when she came, she brought her boyfriend with her. He came out to the shoot. He, you know, he was on the beach, just hanging out on the beach while me and her were shooting. He saw everything was great. He saw we had a good rapport. And so we had a good shoot. The next time we shot a few months later or a couple, however long ago or later, he just dropped her off to the shoot and he left. He wasn't, I guess he was in the area doing running errands, but he just dropped her off. So next time we shot, because me and her, we got a good rapport going on. I picked her up. I picked her up for the shoot and we shot and dropped her back off. And then it got to the point, like, I want to say a year and a half later, she calls me. Hey, what are you doing Thursday at two? I'm like, I don't know why. Nothing. I got, she was like, Hey, you want to take me to a shoot? I'm like, Oh wow. Now I'm the one escorting you to the shoots. <laughs> so yeah, well, that's nice. And, it seems like a progression of trust. Yeah, trust. And then the other one was I've had in California, this happened where, I had models hit, ask me, hey, is it okay if I bring somebody to the shoot? I'm like, yeah, cool. Who? Who are you bringing? I just want to know who it is. And then I was like, oh, I might bring my guy friend or I might bring someone. So I'm like, all right, cool. That's cool. And then so they show up to the shoot by themselves. I'm like, and I thought you was bring your friend. Like, no, I would just, I just asked you that to see what you'll say. Yeah, it is a bit of a test. And a lot of um, people that I know will ask that question intentionally to test photographers to see how they'll react. Mm-hmm. And I was low-key sad. I was like, oh, I thought she was bringing a dude because I was going to have him carry some stuff for me. So what would you say to other photographers who do have that policy where you either can't bring anyone or you can bring anybody except for your boyfriend? I mean, I kind of get the boyfriend one because I've had incidences where the boyfriend made the uh, model feel awkward, like how we it wouldn't even nothing bad. But he would say something like, why was she why is she shooting that? Or, OK, let's shoot this. No, she don't want it. She's not going to shoot that. So I understand that, but it's one of those tricky lines. So, but if you send, don't bring anybody to the shoot, my question is why not? What's going on at the shoot where you don't want nobody else to be there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't care who you bring to the shoot because it's 
nothing crazy is going to happen. Everything we're going to discuss everything before the shoot of what we're going to shoot when lay out everything. And so therefore I don't understand why nobody can't be at the shoot. Yeah. And some stories that I've heard from other photographers is that the, the plus one that was invited was sneaking around the house and maybe stealing things where they were doing their photo shoot. I heard a story where the boyfriend knocked over the photographer's lights and broke them. He was drunk. So, I mean, I've, I've heard bad stories too. And it's like, yeah, bad shit happens, but it's not only because the model brought their boyfriend. Like shit like that could, ha- like the model could have been drunk and knocked over the lights. You, I think that it's um, better to not be like judgmental against somebody bringing their boyfriend and just allow them to be comfortable than to just say, oh, I had one bad experience with one model's boyfriend. So therefore all of them are not allowed. Right. I've had, I've driven down the street before and got pulled over. That don't mean I'm not going to drive down that street again. I just know to be cautious. So if you had that experience before, like somebody knocked over, broke something, just say, hey, you want to bring somebody? These are my ground rules. Yes. Hey, don't be walking around a house. You know, we're going to be shooting in this area. Be, you don't need to look for anything. Just, you know, have ground rules. Did you have any other fail stories before we moved on? Oh, I have so, I have a few fail stories where I don't know if I can, if I want to touch them because they're just so, wow. Oh my God. Now I'm curious. I feel like you have to tell one. <laughs> well, it's just, it, it's a more of an accu. It's more like accusations after the fact stories and stuff so oh. uh, yeah that's what I'm like Ugh. and then I've had fail stories about uh, I have a lot of flake stories in fact I have a whole album on my phone of, <laughs> of uh, excuses of, of people flaking and a reason why I think they're funny now because I've actually had a model flake on me because she said she broke a nail what oh yeah I broke a nail I can't come to the shoot looking I need to go get my nails fixed. And the reason why I laugh at that now, because I literally had a model two weeks before, or like a week or so before our shoot, she actually broke and fractured her ankle. And so she was like, I really want to do this shoot. So she, I was like, well, you don't have to. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to book the studio. We're still going to do this shoot. Let's figure out a way to do it. So she was like, I have wearing a boot, but I could take the boot off for, uh, to take certain pictures. I'm like, no, 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 we can, We'll figure out a way we can do waste stuff and stuff, or we can figure out a way to hide the boot. And we did, and it came out to be a great shoot. So whenever she lay, she did one land on the bed, and we just covered the boot up with like the uh, the sheet. Nobody ever knew, and everything was great. So I'm like, if a girl can show up with a broken ankle. Uh, did you send the broken ankle shoot photos to the girl who canceled for having a broken nail? <laughs> I should have. I really should have. I had a girl on the way to the shoot. And she told me, hey, I was on my way there and I got hit by a school bus. A school bus uh, hit my car. I was like, what? I'm thinking like, all right, here we go. Then she was like, well, I'm just waiting for the police to give me my police report number so I can give it to my insurance company. But I'm just letting you know I'll be like 30 minutes late. I'm like, you're still coming? So, yeah, she showed up. She drove up. I see the dent in her car. I see the yellow paint. She showed me the police report number. I'm like, I didn't really... Just the fact that you're here is enough for me. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, crazy stuff does happen, but there's so many excuses that I hear over and over. I have a short story about this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Because photographers say, oh, how many grandmas do you have? You should, this is her fifth grandma. There's no, there's no way that her grandma died again. So in real life for me, I had to cancel a whole trip to Phoenix where I had like 10 shoots booked because my grandma was dying for real. (laughs) And because I knew about the going joke that models lie about their grandma dying when they're canceling shoots, I felt I'm a people pleaser. So I felt the pressure within myself to take our family photo where we're all standing around our grandma's deathbed. And I sent it in the email to each photographer that I had to cancel with. And I was like, I'm not lying. It's real. My grandma's dying. I can't come to Phoenix. I'm canceling my trip, but I will reschedule it for the future. (laughs) I felt now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. They should just believe me. No, I mean, the thing about it is that sad part, you had to do that now. Because so many people have ruined it that it was like, this is the steps I have to take now. Yeah. But now with AI, you can craft any oh, photo, yeah. right? Oh, <laughs> AI. AI is a game changer, too. <laughs> I can make a fake family photo of my grandma dying, and she doesn't have to be in real life. Yeah. 
Oh, I knew before AI people were doing some other stuff. It's just wild. I'm like, okay, cool. But any other horror ones where I had, oh, I had two models at a shoot. You know, I didn't do two people at the time at a studio. And <laughs> when I left the shoot, one of the other models like, hey, who is that bitch that was at the shoot with us? I'm like, why? What What was going on? In the dress, I, I just realized in the dressing room, she stole my credit card and my and some money on my wallet. I was like, oh my god! And come to find out, I confronted the other model, and come to find out, she was a recovering addict who kind of fell off the wagon and just was needed money to for her her next fix. Oh. So, yeah, that craziness like that. That sucks. With all these stories of, you know, crazy models with their bringing their boyfriends that get all like weird at the shoot or running late or canceling at the last minute and having like bogus reasons for canceling. It's making me think about the fact that there are, I think, so many more models that are unprofessional than ones that are professional. And I, I forget that sometimes because I live in a world where most people that I know are full-time traveling freelance models. And we're usually like really on point, you know, we're not canceling over a broken nail, but what is your perception as a photographer who often gets paid by people who want to be photographed? And I know that you have also worked with other professional freelance models. Like I saw you work with Julia Wagner and I think you shot with my friend Zoe West. So what is your perception of like, what makes a professional model and what makes, uh, you know, a wannabe or a, a newbie or like an aspiring model? All right. See, now how you just said that you forget that there's unprofessional models. You know, at, at one point I forgot there were unprofessional photographers. So that's why I'm listening to model stories about what they experienced with photographers. So, uh, so I can understand like, oh, okay, this was going on. So like when you hear photographer stories about all these models, you're like, oh, okay. So that's how you can kind of tailor a path for somebody. Like I said earlier, what you do is just figure out, like tell somebody when they first start, be serious about it. This is what you got to do. Reach out mm -hmm. to this type of photographer, reach out for this, mm -hmm. try to do it this way until you get your foot in the ground. Once you get your foot in the ground, then you can like say, okay, I want to be a traveling model or I just want to be a local boudoir model or a local fitness model, whatever. First, you know, find your path. And like I hear from a lot of times, reach out to other models who shot with certain photographers or find a photographer's page, then reach out to the photographer models on their page to see whatever it is. Hell, even ask some models, hey, um, you're going to do a shoot? Is it okay if I tag along with you, help you out with your outfits? Therefore, you can like see what she's doing, how she's interacting, everything, everything like that. Just shadow a photo a model, like how I shadow photographers before. Yeah, you know, and if a photographer has ever brought like a newer model to the shoot for me to pose with and for them to, you know, observe me, I'm totally cool with that as long as I know it in advance. However, from my perspective, there is definitely a recurring thing that happens where newer less experienced models hit me up in my dms and they say i want to do a shoot with you let's do a shoot together and for me since i'm doing this full time and i'm traveling and you know i have very little time for myself in between what i'm doing with my modeling and photography and content creation versus spending time with my family and then traveling it makes it a bit of a chore if somebody says they want to shoot with me does that mean that they want me to set up this shoot for them where we're going to be modeling for free for somebody? Because I feel like there has to be some kind of a main function of the shoot, whether it's if it's a training session for the model, you know, I, I either have to be getting paid for that or getting hired by the photographer to do the shoot in general. So, I mean, I love mentoring newer people and I love the opportunity to do that, but I'm also not a charity organization. See, and that's where you become like how photographers feel when a newer model hit them, hit them up saying, hey, let's do a shoot. You got to go through her page and say, like, what am I gaining out of this? Like, how is this going to benefit me? You know, yes, it's sad to say it like that, but how is it going to benefit me? Or you got to if you want to do it, be like, I'm going to make it worth my while. So you can tell her, hey, cool. You set up a shoot and let me know and I'll come out there. I'll come out there at your shooters or something. Yeah. You know, if you look at their stuff or because I've had photographers hit me up, say, hey, I want to learn from you. 
I like your style. I'm going to shadow you or something. And then pretty much what that translates to is, hey, I want you to set up the entire shoot and I'm just going to take a few pictures and put my name on it. <laughs> yeah. And like, no. And so I was like, and I tell them, hey, OK, cool. I don't mind helping you out. You, if you got a shoot, let me know when your shoot is. I'll come out to your shoot. But no, well, you have some good models. I was wondering if you could set up a shoot with one of your models and I could just come tag along. So therefore, if you have a uh, model saying, hey, I want to tag along at one of your shoots because you shot you shoot with some big name photographers. Uh, I want to come along with you. And so you got to say, is it worth my while? Yeah. And it's not that we don't like love the art and just want to do like creative photography all the time because I do. But I also it is kind of hard. I feel like every time I put a boundary up within my career, I feel like, oh, I'm being the asshole now. Like, oh, am I not doing this because I love it? But I am doing it because I love it. But we all have to have our boundaries. And I saw, yes, yes. <laughs> I saw you posted on. I I creeped really hard, by the way. I saw you posted on your Instagram story like 247 weeks ago that you posted something saying, "All right, like I can't only do." TFP photo shoots forever anymore. From now on, if you want to be on my schedule, we have to set up some rates. So you set that boundary with people for when they reached out to you, which I think a lot of photographers who become well known for being good photographers and good to work with, with good quality, have come to that point at a certain time where everybody wants to shoot TFP and you love shooting with all kinds of people, all sizes and shapes, but you're not a charity organization either. Right. And so even if I do... If I do TFPs now, I have it set as a quick uh, response on my phone where I could just type in a uh, few words, but it comes up automatically where I is a new thing I've been putting out. I even had another photographer in California. He likes that idea and he's doing the same thing, too. Even if we do a TFP shoot and if you're serious about it, we say send me 50 bucks and then we'll set that date. Then so after we shoot after the shoot, I'm going to send you your 50 bucks back, you know? Yeah, that just shows that they're dedicated to doing it. And it was like 50 bucks is, I mean, it's, it's something, but it's not a lot, you know, and I guarantee you would get it back uh, once you show up to the shoot. And how often do people take that? I've had people turn it down, but for the most part, I've actually had more say, hey, that's cool. And that, they say that made them feel like I was more professional. Yeah, because they're not going to waste your time if they made that investment. Yeah. And then that kind of is a good deterrent, too, because if they say, oh, I, I'm not going to pay you that because this is supposed to be a free shoot. I'm like, it will be once you, you know, like if you book a hotel room, you still have to pay something. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a, a major bummer if somebody flaked out after you have a bunch of expenses that you're already out on, which I hear happens all the time <laughs> with less experienced models, of course. Mm -hmm. I have another question for you. This one's completely different topic, but what is your opinion of models growing and sharing blacklists of photographers? It's good. It's good. But it's like for every good, there's bad. For every bad, there's good. But on thing about the blacklist things, though, is that don't get mad at a photographer for not getting you or your edits in a certain time. So you try to blacklist. Them. Mm, yeah, totally. I, I feel like there is like gray area behavior and then there's blacklistable behavior. Yes. As they should have a great list. Like, hey, this did happen, but I want to know if this happened with anybody else. Yeah. Well, not like if it's something like drastic. Yeah, of course, they need to, you know, be out there because there's a couple of photographers. I know them like, wow, nah, they shouldn't. Mm -mm, they shouldn't even be around certain people. Yeah. Anything that you could potentially be arrested for definitely blacklisted behavior. But there I mean, from what I hear from a lot of photographers is that they're concerned that models will lie about something a photographer did to try to put them on a blacklist because they're upset about them for something else? Yeah, well, or they will take a situation and blow it way out of proportion. And, or, you know, they will just exaggerate on certain things. Like, I can be honest, I'm going to be transparent. I had a situation years and years ago where I admit I did do something like, now think about it, I'm like, you know what, you know, should have. You know, I thought I was friends with a model. And what happened was she said that something like she had a pain on her neck. I'm like, oh, let me see. And I just touched the back of her neck to see where her pain was. And I did feel a knot. I'm like, yeah, I could feel that knot right there. And then so she and her, I don't know what happened. She talked to somebody who I know me and that person don't get along. And then 
all of a sudden the story was I touched the model inappropriately. Uh huh. Huh. And the the context of the situation was that she had a pain in her neck, and then so it's like somewhat blown out of proportion, somewhat taken out of context. And those are tricky. See, I have seen some blacklist of photographers that are in my local area. And there are a lot of less experienced models that'll put a photographer's name on a blacklist and say, he did this or that. And it seems that if it's just one report from one model with a photographer who has generally had good experiences with everybody, then sometimes it might be a situation like taken with a grain of salt. Like for example, there's a really well-known photographer in my area who shoots body paint stuff and he, he paints the models. And he had suggested to a model that she not wear her panties because the paint doesn't absorb into them the same way that the skin does. And she reported him to the blacklist for saying that he was pushing her boundaries and forcing her to shoot nude because of that. But with everybody else, everybody loves working with him. So it is one of those like, okay, I understand that situation might have made you uncomfortable, especially if you've never been in that situation before, but I don't think it's necessarily blacklistable behavior. Right. You know, I've heard stuff like where a photographer has sent model pictures of different ideas of what they was intending to shoot. And then so a model got mad and said, oh my God, he's, he's trying to shoot porn with me. And they just sent a wide variety of different ideas. And so they just picked out that one part. So it's a, and it's a great area where also not trying to pick the blame or anything, but people would jump and believe a model before they believe a photographer. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. There's a lot of situations need to be like viewed in a way where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe in that email where he emailed a bunch of photos, if some of the photos were like open leg and the model was really uncomfortable with that, then they would maybe assume that photographer was trying to coerce them into that or like trying to get them to do something they're not comfortable with. When what they're really trying to do is communicate, what are you comfortable with, with photos so that everybody's on the same page? Yes, exactly. But yeah, it's just, I've seen it good and bad. Like I've known some photographers who literally were still out there. There was one photographer, I probably don't even have to say his name because his work is phenomenal, like great pictures. But he has so many sexual assault cases on him. Is he in L.A.? No, he's in Texas. Oh, he has so many sexual assault cases on him. And people, everybody out here knows who he is. And yet his pages keep on getting deleted. But he comes back, keeps coming back. Oh, maybe when we finish the recording, you can tell me who it is because I'm curious. Oh, yeah. yeah, And he's on, he's usually a top name on, on the blacklist everywhere. So, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is that these people who are, they're getting away with it because if they've made a big name for themselves, I find sometimes that photographers might start out small, have a great time shooting with a ton of people, and if they become really popular, oftentimes, not all the time, but many times, that sense of power gives them the motivation to like use that power to their advantage by taking advantage of some newer models who might not know how to set boundaries yet. So, yeah, we've seen it a lot. I'm in a bunch of like um, private Facebook groups and Instagram group chats where we try to keep each other safe. But but it is it makes it harder to get newer models not to work with somebody that has a reputation if they have a lot of really great photos and they seem to be really professional and really well known and have a lot of you know, magazine hair sheets and stuff. It's hard to convince somebody like, oh, this you, you might get wronged. Right. Uh, yeah, I get that. But also like the one I was talking about, well, he's we I've already heard from like different trusted models that his phone conversations is just kinda already on the weird side anyway. Oh, so you it's possible to get a weird vibe just by talking to him on the phone? Oh yeah. Oh I, yeah, big I, time. I think I might know who it is, but you just tell me later. <laughs> yeah. I think he found out who I'm talking about. Okay. I have just got a couple more questions because we're getting close to our hour. Okay, go ahead. When it comes to nude photography, what what instance might you shoot nudes? I always like to have a pre like talk with the model before our shoots and see what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with. And I have some who straight up say this is I'm I want somebody I'm comfortable to shoot this type of stuff with or I'm not comfortable with that. I've there's a few models, there's a lot of models that I shoot that won't some won't even do bikini, some won't even do anything from the uh, butt shots so there's some 
you just got to know who it is. So if somebody wants to shoot nudes, that's you just like you, you would shoot nude, right? Oh, for sure. So if I had a nude idea, I would hit you up first. But let's say, I don't know, Megan does not shoot nudes whatsoever because she had she for her whatever reason. I won't ask her to do any kind of nude shoots. Yeah, that's a really good way to be because there are some photographers who they want to be the first photographer that shot so-and-so model doing something. So they'll, it is very common to want to push boundaries, but I think it's great that your MO is to find out what their boundaries are and then shoot how they want to be shot instead of asking, oh, do you want to do a little more skin or whatever? No, I just... You know, because I've got to, oh, one time I was bored at work in my main job and I was playing with spreadsheets and I was trying to, that, I think that was you, I was telling that too as well, where I was trying to come up with a spreadsheet of every model I've shot with and I lost count at around 830. Wow, that's a lot. So out of 830, I'm pretty sure if I really, really, really was itching to do a nude shoot, I could find somebody within that. Way to go. And then what do your friends and family think about your photography of beautiful and often scantily clad women? So that's actually a funny story as well, too, because, you know, my parents have a pool in their house at their house. So one time I did a shoot oh, when my parents were away, you know, I came over to the house and I did a shoot, a pool shoot. And I did it was topless, you know, implied topless in a pool. Ooh. Yeah. And then so I edited them and put them on, uh, put on my Instagram. Because, you know, my mom, my dad, they don't know anything about Instagram. But I forgot that my Instagram story and sometimes would bleed over into my Facebook. So I had a, one of those pictures ended up on my Facebook page with my friends and family at. And I got a notification that my mom commented on the picture. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then, so when I read the comment, it was like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're using your talent. I'm glad to see your talent doing something good with it. I'm like, oh. And so... Next time I saw her, I talked to her. She's like, yeah, why don't you never tell me? Yeah, I didn't know that's what she was doing with your photography. Now, that's good. That was beautiful. You know, you should have just told me, you know. So from then on out, if I had to do another pool shoot at the house, I told her, yeah, go ahead. You you good. Matter of fact, as in my mom got sick and everything, I ended up doing a photo shoot of her. So they were very, very supportive. My dad, he got mad at me one time because he sees me doing all of these shoots. And he was like, how come you never use my auto shop? That's a good thing for a shoot. So I've used my dad's auto shop to do it for a shoot before. So they were well supportive. My brother, every time I'm getting uh, published in a magazine, he wants a copy of it so he can keep it in his place. That's awesome. That's nice. And my uncle, he's an NFL coach, and that's how I end up working for the NFL because he found out a photographer, and he, he got me on as a photographer for different teams and stuff. Cool. Well, it sounds like you have a really nice family. Oh, yeah. They're real supportive of it. It's just, it was one of those things like, what is it? Why didn't you say anything? They'll help out. We'll help you out no matter what you do. As long as it ain't illegal, we'll help you out. Were you worried that they were going to judge you at first? Oh, big time. I was so scared they was going to say, oh, you don't need to be shooting that. You don't need to do this. Why are you shooting this? And they're like, no, just that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. You know? Right on. Well, that's really nice. Okay, I have one last question and then I'll let you go. This is what I call the rising phoenix era of your life. Can you describe a situation in your photography career or in your life you have another instance that you want to describe where you were faced with a challenge that you had to overcome. A few years ago, years about almost, was almost 10 years ago by now, I was getting ready to do a shoot and I was parked at the Willowbrook Mall. And we went to the, me and Sammy Joe, of course, uh, we went to the mall to pick up some to, for the shoot. We come back out, my truck was broken into, my camera, my laptop, everything, my uh -huh. hard drives were stolen. So did the Polar Support nothing you know there's like oh good good luck on finding it so and insurance wouldn't cover it because they deemed that it was a business expense i was like i was like okay now what so i thought i was done and i told a couple of models who i've shot like hey i can't do anything about your pictures because all, everything got stolen so and i'll tell you priscilla uh, she runs hype genies an entertainment company she was like no way so she started a GoFundMe to help me recoup some of the stuff. And I realized, hey, I do have a support out there. So, you know, every time you fall down there, if you just reach out to somebody, people will be out there for you. So there is no way you can fail. Wow, that's amazing. I'm sorry you got your stuff stolen. That would be massive oh, setback. 
Oh, and when I told some other photographer friends of mine, it was like, hey, I have a spare camera that I, I rarely ever even touch. You can use this until you get back on your feet. Wow. You know? And I've even upgraded to better equipment from since then. And it taught me, you know, everything is trial and error. Just because you fall don't mean you're down. Perfect. I love that story. I always use football analogies in there for uh, a lot of stuff in life. So like the Kansas City Chiefs, ugh, they won a Super Bowl. But although they, they're the champions right now, but they didn't win it undefeated. They had to take a few losses and they still made it to the top. True that. Yeah. Sometimes you have to have a setback and it might even improve you in the long run. Minor setback or a major comeback. <laughs> nice. Oh, I love that. Great. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be my first photographer interviewee. I think that this has been a really good call. And I agree with you on a lot of the stuff according to your methods of photography and dealing with models. And even though I know that some are unprofessional and flake out, it's like I can see that I can resonate with how much it sucks to work with people who don't have their shit together at times. <laughs> hey, and I know it's like it's it's funny because like what we go through as photographers, y'all go through the same thing as models. So. I go into every situation, put myself in a model's position. Like, okay, so if I'm asking her this, this is what, how she's looking at it. Like, oh, okay. So, you know, so I try to tell models, put themselves in a photographer's position. Like, hey, I want to do the shoot with you, but you know, I'm already coming out of money for the studio, for equipment and this and that. So, and I know y'all coming out of saying, okay, I got to wake up early to do my makeup. I got to get this. I got to get that. I don't want to wear the same outfit because I wore it two shoots ago and it's going to look the same. So, yeah, we both, we both pretty much models and photographers are playing tug of war. Yes. Oh, I have a good analogy story about that. They say that the guy that comes to do a service to your engine or whatever comes over, takes him 10 minutes to do whatever the service was, and the charge is $300. You're like, oh, three, your, your rate's $300 per hour? He's like, no, you're not paying me for the time. You're paying me for the 10 years of experience that I have that, that allowed me to do this in 10 minutes. <laughs> That's that, yeah, that was a Pablo Picasso story about how some woman saw Pablo Picasso sitting at a, at a uh, cafe and she's like, hey, you're Pablo Picasso. Can you, uh, can you, pay, uh, can you draw something for me? So he said, sure. He took a napkin. And he, yeah, he drew something in like 10 minutes. Yeah, like you said, in 10 minutes. And she was like, oh, cool. And he sold her, that'd be $3,000. She was like, what? You only do that in 10, 000, for 10 minutes. She was like, yeah, you're not paying for the 10 minutes. You're paying for the years of, uh, years it took me to learn how to draw it in 10 minutes. Yep. Yeah. And that applies to any artist also. So I think that's a, a good metaphoric story to end on. <laughs> Oh, yes. All right. It was, this was actually fun. It just didn't even feel like a podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing the episode with me. I had a great time chatting with you. And I always allow people the opportunity. If you wanted to be a part of a future episode, I'd love to have you again. All right. Yes. Let me know when and I'll be there. All right. right, will do. Thanks, Leigh. Have a good afternoon. You too.